You are now listening to the Flurry Podcast, hosted by Marquise Rawls. Another episode of the Flurry Podcast and the Spence and Garcia fight was last night, and I watched it, and it was a great fight. Um, it sort of went exactly how I predicted it would go, and I'm actually on a nice streak on predicting fights. Because if you listen to my previous episodes, you would know that I got the the Teofimo Lopez and Lomachenko fight wrong. I got the Santa Cruz and, and Ting Davis fight wrong. But I did not get this one wrong. Because I said, and you can quote this, I said in a few episodes back that Garcia is good, but he's going to fall in the big moment. He's not going to be able to go to that next level to win this fight because... He doesn't have that next level. And what exactly happened? He fought like classic Danny Garcia. And this episode is going to be all about this fight. It's going to be all about this Spence versus Garcia fight. I'm going to try to be as detailed as I can because I I actually took notes. I took notes during the fight of what I was watching. And I knew these notes is going to be pivotal to this episode so let's get into my notes right so first and foremost Earl Spence was using the in and out maneuver that Keith Thurman was using when he fought Danny Garcia you come in you land a couple shots here and there then you back out you don't let Danny Garcia have enough time to figure out your timing and counter punch you while you're on the inside you don't do that you come in and come out. Keith Thurman knew it and he did it and it worked in his favor. And Earl Spence used that same tactic, but he did it better because he's bigger. He might be faster than Keith Thurman. He definitely has 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 like better technique and he was utilizing more body punching. So he was able to to do a little more on the inside because of that. And that was what Spence did the entire fight. Two, Spence's jab, it was really good. It was effective. It it helped him get on the inside when he's doing the in and out. Spence's jab helped him get on the inside. And he was throwing it a couple of times. He didn't do it as much, but he would throw the jab when he was coming out just to let Danny know, if you're going to try to retaliate and come in, I got something waiting for you. And knowing Danny Garcia, where, like I said in the previous episode, I keep saying you have to listen to the previous episodes because I say so much that comes to fruition. Danny Garcia is a counter puncher who wants to land punches and not get punched. Right. So if he sees the opportunity to land a punch, but he's going to get punched, he's not going to take it. He's not going to take that risk, even though it's a calculated risk, because. Danny Garcia, he punches hard. And in this fight, I'm not going to lie. I think it might have shown that Spence might punch harder than him. Spence was landing bombs. You saw Danny Garcia's face? Yo, bro, I've, I've never seen Danny Garcia's face so beaten and battered like that before. And you know Danny Garcia, one of the toughest people in boxing. I've never seen him go down a day in my life. I've never seen him hurt. I've never seen him 
like wobbled or anything. He might have got stunned for like a split second um, when he was facing Keith Thurman. But that was more of like a like a punch that I didn't see coming. So it caught me by surprise. And in this fight, Spence might have stunned him a couple times. But once again, it's it's one of those moments where I didn't see the punch coming and it caught me by surprise. So I'm a little shocked and stunned by it. So going back to my notes, round four was the turning point of the entire fight. The first three rounds was Spence and Garcia, you know, more so. I can't even say feeling each other out because I'm not going to lie. Spence, he started coming out hot since round one. So did Danny Garcia. Danny Garcia, he came in. He was throwing at a good, uh, at like a good rate. Um, he tried to use his jab, but his his reach advantage, he didn't really have one. He didn't have a longer reach, so he tried to use it, and he threw a lot of jabs. He threw a little bit less than Spence, but he landed significantly less. So it wasn't the fact that he wasn't throwing the jab. It's just that he wasn't using it effectively. It wasn't effective in the fight for him to do anything against Earl Spence because Earl Spence was the taller guy. He's the longer guy. He's the bigger guy. And so the first three rounds was Earl Spence and Danny Garcia. They're both, they're basically just testing the chin of each other. Both of them was landing good, big shots. Garcia was landing. If you know Garcia, you know he has this one famous trick of his where he does a little feint and then he comes over with the left hook. And he landed that a couple times in the first three rounds. And you know Spence, he always finds ways to to land his left hook and his right his right hook and everything, his straight and everything, which is very very good. So both of them were landing a lot of big shots. You know they was testing the chin out of each other. But then round four happened, and that's when the fight turned to L. Spence, right? It turned to L. Spence um, mostly because I think he turned up the pressure a little bit, but also because. Danny Garcia, he went back to the classic old Danny Garcia that he wasn't really doing that much of in the first three rounds. In the first three rounds, he seemed to be more risk-taking than he usually is. Not saying he took a, a significant amount more risk than he usually does in his fights, but it seemed like he was throwing a little bit more than he, he usually does. And this is just me using my eyeball test. He was throwing a little bit more than he usually does. Uh, he was, you know, willing to, to trade a little bit more. He was willing to to fight on the inside just a little bit more. But in round four, he went back to the class of Danny Garcia where he's a little bit more conservative with his punches. Um, he went back to his, his counter-punching at heart mentality to where he's waiting for the perfect shot and trying to use his timing as um as his main focus of offense, right? And that was a failed game plan because if you recall, that's the same thing that Mikey Garcia tried to do. Now, Mikey Garcia, I mean, now Danny Garcia, he didn't lose as badly as Mikey Garcia did because Mikey Garcia, he just got... He got outclassed clearly, outclassed clearly where he had nothing going for him. Danny Garcia, he had a little bit of success throughout the entire fight, 
it just wasn't enough to win rounds, right? So another thing that I have in my notes, my notes is pivotal. Not well organized, but they're pivotal. Another thing was Spence's defense, fucking incredible. Incredible. And I don't know if people have have raved about Earl Spence's defense, but this man has, I swear, is one of the best defenses in boxing. This, like, his, when he put his arms up, it starts, like, head movement and everything and moving. Yo, it's like Fort Knox trying to hit this guy. This guy is coming in, and he got his arms up already. Then out of nowhere, he hits you two times, then his arms is right back up, like, before you even realize that he hit you. His defense, incredible, incredible. That was a key factor in this fight was the defense because, like I said, uh, Garcia was landing some big shots in the early rounds. But then once Spence got the arms up, he got the defense up. He started partially blocking them punches. And then as the fight went on, he started fully blocking them. Garcia had nothing. He had nothing. And one thing I will give Danny Garcia credit for was his body punching, right? Earl Spence, I nicknamed Earl Spence myself the body snatcher, okay? You can go back to a previous episode of mine a few months ago where I have it in the title, Earl Spence, the body snatcher. I gave him that nickname, the body snatcher, because he comes in and he rips them body shots and he snatches your soul. He snatches your soul every single body shot and Danny Garcia being the tough guy that he is he's not going to go down by by some body shots but Danny Garcia tried matching the volume of punches to the body with Earl Spence he couldn't you know match it up to par because it's Earl Spence but he tried and it was a good effort and he landed some good good body shots and that let me show that Earl Spence he he could take punches too. He could take punches. If if you didn't think that with his fight against Sean Porter, he couldn't take punches because Sean Porter is not that big of a puncher. He's not really known for being that big of a puncher. But Danny Garcia is. He's known for being a heavy hitter, heavy handed guy who comes and he knocks people out. And he landed a lot of good body shots, a lot of good punches to the head. Right to the temple too. And Spence, he just took everything. He took everything and kept applying the pressure. He showed supremacy in this fight. Back to my notes, which the next one is literally what I just said. Spence, he applied the pressure. The pressure, it was too much. Too much. Danny Garcia, he looked like like a piece of steak that you put inside a pressure cooker and you turn it on 400 degrees fucking Fahrenheit and you push you push on. And Danny Garcia was that steak. And Earl Spence was the pressure cooker who applied so much pressure that Danny Garcia, it looked like he kind of gave up towards like round 10 or so. Or maybe I must have, you know, interpreted, you know, his body language a little bit wrong. Maybe he didn't give up. Maybe he just, maybe he just knew that, that, there's nothing else I can do, so let me just cruise through the rest of the fight. That is not giving up. That is just you realizing, okay, let me just, just you know, 
do the respectful and professional thing and just get the fight over with. Giving up is basically saying, I'm not even going to try no more. Danny Garcia, he still tried. He still tried his best, but he just knew I'm not on this guy's level. And I respect it. So let's see. Uh, I do have in my notes that Danny Garcia was landing a lot of sneaky shots. He was landing a lot of sneaky shots because I think from round like four to like seven or eight, um, I got to look at the stats again, but it showed that Spence was outlanding Garcia and he was obviously outworking him, but it showed that Garcia was still landing a lot more punches than I was physically seeing. I even had to like run it back a couple times to be like, he landed how many punches? He landed that many punches that round? Okay, not you. Let me watch it again. Then watch it again, and you see like the little sneaky, like the little sneaky hooks to the body, the little like sneaky little jab he had on the ins- on the inside that it was landing, it was counting. It wasn't really doing much. It didn't really have the the force and the power and the snap um, behind it that a uh, a usual Danny Garcia punch has, where he puts his whole like his whole shoulder and body into it. It didn't have that type of momentum and force to it, but it was just, you know, sneaky little shots that he was throwing that was landing and scoring, but still was not enough. But also, I also had to take into consideration that maybe the pressure that Spence was applying was probably making it look better than we all thought it actually was. Because like I said, Garcia was landing more punches than I thought he was landing. I thought he was landing less punches, but the stats say he's landing more. So I'm looking a little bit closer, like maybe the fight it's a little bit closer than I think it is. Maybe the margin of scoring, it's it's smaller than I think it is. So that I started thinking this could be a classic this could be a classic case of someone is is more active. They are outworking someone, but they're not actually doing more for, as far as landing more and as far as doing more damage. But as the rounds went on, you realize, nope, Spence was doing more and he was causing more damage and he was landing more and he was doing more. So that whole case of, oh, Spence only won because he was the aggressor. No. Yes, he was the aggressor, but he was actually doing more. He landed more. He had he did everything better. He did more damage. He literally he he outclassed Danny Garcia in every single category of the the boxing checklist that you can think of. Errol Spence did it better than Danny Garcia. There's not one thing that Danny Garcia did that was better than Errol Spence. His trunks wasn't even better than Errol Spence's trunks. His shoes wasn't even better. Errol Spence even tied his his boxing laces better than Danny Garcia. That's how critical it was. That's how critical it was. Back to my notes. What is next? Um, I did say that Danny Garcia, his trick, like I said earlier, the trick where he he um he faints and he throws the the big left hook, which he's I think he's like sort of famous for. He caught a lot of people like that. He catches a lot of people like that. 
it was effective against Keith Thurman. I think he he might have stunned uh, Keith Thurman by doing that. He he caught um Danny Garcia, not Danny Garcia. He caught Sean Porter with with that punch. He knocked out a few people with that same punch and that same trick of fainting and throwing the left hook that they don't like really see coming. By like round six or seven, it wasn't working because, like I said, Earl Spence he upped his defense. It was catching him in the first three rounds. Then, like, the next three, he was, like, partially blocking it. Then after round six or seven, he was fully blocking it. It wasn't landing. It just wasn't landing. And I think that discouraged Danny Garcia because that's – that the looping hooks for Danny Garcia where he puts his whole force – like, that's his bread and butter. That's how he knocks everyone the fuck out. If my knockout punch – if my signature knockout punch – is not doing nothing to you, bro. What else do I have? What else do I have? And Danny Garcia, he is a high class fighter, but we have to also think he's not on the level of a Earl Spence or a Terrence Crawford, or he's not on the level of this fight showed he's not on Sean Porter's level because Sean Porter he put up a, a better effort against Spence. He's not on Keith Thurman's level because Keith Thurman beat him. So, Danny Garcia doesn't have more than those people in his arsenal, in his offensive arsenal. So, once he runs out of tools, he runs out of his game plan, it's nothing left. It's absolutely nothing left. That's like, that's almost like in Dragon Ball Z, if you watch Dragon Ball Z, right? If Goku... Uses his Kamehameha, which is his bread and butter. That's his bread and butter. That's what he used to take out so many enemies. He used his Kamehameha. And then Jiren, he just tasted Kamehameha and just starts eating it like a fucking apple. You're, you're like, 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 goddamn, he, like, that's my signature move. He did, he did that? Nah, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm gonna head out. I'm gonna just head out. Like the SpongeBob meme. He took my signature move now. I'ma just head out. That's what Danny Garcia should have did. But like I said, he's a class act. He's not gonna quit. He's not gonna give up. Uh he's gonna see the fight through. And he was tough enough to to get through it. Another thing was that Danny Garcia, he respected the power. Uh I think he respected the power. I don't wanna say he respected it a little too much because like I said, Spence he hits hard as fuck, and he might have stunned or at least or at least shot Danny Garcia a couple times during the entirety of the fight, where it wasn't a punch or hits where Danny Garcia was on the verge of being knocked out, but it was definitely punches where Danny Garcia is like, oh wow, that that I felt that one, I felt that one, and I don't know if I'm gonna trade with that guy, I don't know if I can get hit with. That punch too many times. So that's not... You're not respecting it too much. You're respecting it at the right amount. Right? But that right amount that you're respecting it... It causes you to not want to come in... And dig deep and go to war with that guy. And even though Danny Garcia... He's not that type of fighter anyway. He's not the type of fighter where... Like a Sean Porter where he, he's willing to go in the trenches with you. He, he wants to take you to deep waters and he wants to fucking battle you at the bottom of the goddamn fucking ocean. That's not Danny Garcia. 
He wants to stay above sea level. He might dip his little toes in there a little bit, but he wants to stay above sea level and beat you at his own pace. He's not willing to get down and dirty with you. He's not. So that's why him respecting the power, it's a downfall for him because his respecting the power is going to mean I'm going to try to avoid the power all night. Whereas Sean Porter, he respects your power by saying, yo, I'm going to charge you head on at 200% now. And I'm going to come at you and, and throw everything I have at you. It's just a different mindset. But they both respect the power. It's just a different how they react to it. Right. So back to my notes. Uh, I have in my notes round seven, Spence and Garcia was getting in the pocket in round seven. I think round seven might have been the best round because that was really when Spence and Garcia, like both of them really stayed for like at least like half the round. Both of them stayed in the middle of the ring and they stayed in the pocket and they was throwing and they was trading and they was going in. And I think that was Danny Garcia's best chance of winning. And and Danny, he was throwing. He was he was actually throwing. He was actually throwing because in in that round and in those moments, um, if I'm if my recollection is is that good, if my memory is that good, Spence was going for the body a little bit more in that round, which which allowed uh Danny Garcia to to throw more headshots. And he landed some good headshots, but they was going at it and that really showed Errol Spence's specialness. That showed that he could enter the Matrix. He he entered the Matrix in round seven. And I, oh, I felt so good about it. I felt so good about it because I'm a I think I gotta explain the Matrix, right? For for any new listeners or or for people who you probably listen to a few episodes, but you don't really know what it is. The Matrix is basically it's what exactly what it is neo entered the matrix and he was a god so you got to have a god level mindset to enter the matrix lomachenko entered the matrix against plenty people and he turned god level tans crawford entered the matrix against a few people and he was god level i've even seen keith thurman enter the matrix against Danny Garcia and against Sean Porter and it was like God level it's, 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 it's basically when you get in this mode where it feels like you look at this guy and he looks invincible he's not getting hit with a lot of the big shots yeah it doesn't mean that he's not getting hit at all it's just that he, he is blocking and ducking and slipping enough punches and he's landing at a very high or at least a very good rate. So he's moving, blocking, and punching at the same time. Not countering. Not I block, then punch, or I slip, then punch. No, it's I'm slipping and punching at the same time. That's entering the matrix. And like I said, Lomachenko does it. Where he's moving, he 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 rotates around you or pivots to your side. Um, avoiding your punches and hitting you at the same time. Terrence Crawford does it where, where he sways left and right and he's throwing his looping hooks at the same time. 
And Keith Thurman does it that same way. And L. Spence, he did that. He was ducking and swaying and land and just rip into the body at, at the same time. So he entered the matrix and ah oh, man, it was fantastic. It was so fantastic. That Earl Spence, that Earl Spence, that Earl Spence, he could beat Terrence Crawford. He could. I'm not saying it's guaranteed, but that Earl Spence has the best chance. He has the best chance. The best chance of being Terrence Crawford. Because I still have Terrence Crawford beating everyone. I still have Terrence Crawford as the number one uh, pound for pound. He He's going to beat Spence. He's going to beat whoever they put in front of him. But that Earl Spence, when he entered the Matrix, oh, man. And he only did it for one round. He only did it for one round, right? So I'm not going to big him up too, too much. But he entered the Matrix. And for that... That one round, he was Neo. He was Neo. And Danny Garcia, sad little agent, had to suffer through all that. Fantastic round it was. And that showed that Earl Spence, he was born for this. He he was born to be a boxer, naturally gifted boxer. So back to my notes. Uh some of this stuff is um is um you know, kind of a basic or, you know, obvious uh, Earl Spence outworked Danny Garcia. Uh, Spence, has, he has tremendous power. He's too good, stuff like that. The last two things I have in my notes is one of them is something that I always said and many other people have said as well is Danny Garcia's um, like his his Achilles heel, his weakness, right? Besides the fact that he is very conservative with his punches, he is very flat-footed, meaning he doesn't move around the ring as smoothly or as effectively as he should, or I don't even know if I should say as he could, because I've never really seen him do it before. It's He gets into this mode where he, he just plants his feet down, and he just stands there, and Danny Garcia being who he is, he's waiting and trying to use his time in the counter, but he's just standing in that one spot. So with him standing in that one spot and Spence is using the tactic of I come in, land a couple, then I come out. It makes it a little bit easier to be aggressive and and to take more risk against a person like that. And Danny Garcia, he's just too flat footedness for this. He, he was too flat-footed to fight someone like Earl Spence. You got to be able to be a lot mobile on your feet. Not saying that Garcia is, is terrible or bad at ring movement, but the placement that he puts himself in, he needs to work on it. He needs to work on having, he needs to work on having some ring generalship in there. Um, I think that would have really helped him because a lot of a lot of times in boxing, it's not about you like landing the punch or finding the right opening. Sometimes it's really about you just being in the right position in the ring to get a good punch. That's what it is. A lot of times, if you know how to be in a good position for a punch, then the opportunity is going to come. 
it doesn't come just by itself. No, it comes because, you know, in this position, I can land certain punches that I've been working on. So I'm going to put myself in this position. Simple as that. And Danny Garcia being flat footed, he he doesn't know how to do that very, very well. He does do it. He does know how to do it and he's good at it. But it's levels to the shit. Like Meek Mill said, it's levels to this shit. Okay. And the last thing I have in my notes in the last day I'm going to talk about uh, regarding this fight um, was what Danny Garcia said in the PBC fight camp. Danny Garcia said that he's going to take more calculated risk in this fight. Did he take calculated risk? Yes, he did. Did he take more risk? No, he did not. He didn't take more risk. He took different risks. Now, it may not make sense as me first saying it, but hear me out, right? Now, what Danny Garcia usually does, right? He usually would use a jab or a feint that set up a big shot, right? Doing that, it's a risk because you can risk... On the person, you know, calling your bluff on a faint and coming at you. Uh, you could risk someone um, countering your big shot or they even like counting your jab or whatever, right? Danny Garcia in this fight, like I said, he didn't use his jab effectively. And um, the trick of him using his feint then the left hook, it wasn't really working. So he stopped using that as much. And he just started swinging for the fences a little bit more than I'm used to seeing him, right? Now, it's still a risk, and it's still a calculated risk because it's Danny Garcia who has a good chin, and he's quick, and he could slip a punch or block a punch as good as anyone, right? So it's still a calculated risk. And also, at the same time, Earl Spence respected Danny Garcia's power as well. Let's not... Let me not say he didn't respect the power. Errol Spence, he felt the power, and he also felt, I don't want to get hit by this punch too many times, right? So when Danny Garcia would would try to establish some offense, that's when Spence, he would use his defense, and he would, you know, try to uh, position himself better to, you know, swing it in his favor, Right. So Danny Garcia coming in with a lot of just no jab or no feints, and he just is coming and swinging for the fences and he tried to get on the inside and he did a couple of times and he he would sometimes just come in lunging sometimes, not like huge, big lunges like a Deontay Wilder lunge, but he would come in lunging. And that's a calculated risk. It's a calculated risk because, like I said, Spence. He's gonna, he's gonna back up from that because he doesn't want to get hit by the big punch. He's gonna back up from it and, and position himself better. And also, Danny Garcia, he's gonna, he could slip a counter or block a counter or maybe not. But it's a calculated risk for him, a risk that I felt like he should have took a lot more of because a lot of them did land. A lot of them did land, and sometimes he would just come in lunging with a straight, which landing which landed 
Um, he would like sp- uh, split the guard a little bit. He would uh, throw like high punches to to Spencer's temple that was landing. So the risk they were there and they were calculated, but he didn't take more risk. He just took different risk. It's just different, and they worked. Some did, some didn't. But this fight really just showed that Spence is just on a different level. He he's on a different level. He he's on a level that that I don't think Danny Garcia has seen someone um on this type of level before. And I don't know if he will ever get a fight with someone well, no I let me stop cuz if he moves up to 154 I think with with his status and just his skill set alone, he could get like a like a Charlo or like a Jared Hurd or like someone on that caliber. But even them, those people did not as talented as Earl Spence. Earl Spence is special. Earl Spence is special, right? He he's not gonna see someone as good as Earl Spence. But he he knew like this is something I've never seen before. Like this this is different. The fight was fantastic. Uh, let me figure out some of the judges' scorecards real quick. Then I will give my scorecard of what I've of what I scored it. All right, I got the scorecard. So, uh, two judges scored the fight one sixteen to one twelve for Earl Spence, and one judge scored it one seventeen one eleven for Earl Spence. I scored the fight 117-111. Uh, I gave Danny Garcia three rounds, and that's actually me being pretty good. That's me being generous. Uh, I can't recall which specific two rounds they are, but I remember there's two rounds that, in my mind, that Danny Garcia, he took those rounds, and he, he won those rounds. And then was one round where it could have swayed either way, and I feel like it swayed... Uh, more to Danny Garcia's side because I think he just landed a couple punches that that were you know a little bit bigger. There was uh, it, it might have been the same round two where where Danny Garcia he landed a punch on Spence and Spence it looked like Spence he 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 got like stunned from it and like I said not stunned as in my legs is wobbling and I'm about to go down but stunned as in I didn't see the punch coming and it caught me by surprise and I'm a little shocked by it. And he felt the power. So um, that's how I scored the fight. Uh, 116-112. I'm not too mad at it. There, If I like watch the entire fight again, there's probably a fourth round that I could find for him. But on the first watch, I can only see three rounds. So good judging. Good, good judging. Very good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good judging. Okay. Um, so that is all for this episode. Uh, if you haven't seen the fight, please go watch the fight, man. Please go watch the fight. Maybe next episode. Well, no, next week is the Anthony Joshua fight, which I'm going to talk about. Maybe next week I would talk about the undercards of the Spencer Garcia because they were some really, really great undercards. I really enjoyed the entire card altogether. And uh, maybe next week I'll talk about it. Maybe I'll just focus on the. Um, the Joshua fight, depending on how that fight goes, depending on if if Joshua, if he just outclasses um, his opponent like he did the second time against Andy 
or if it's like a real war, uh, depending on how that fight goes, it it would depend on how I'll, I'll do the episode. But that's all for this episode of the Flurry Podcast. I enjoyed this fight. I enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed talking. I hope you enjoy it as well. You were just listening to the Flurry Podcast hosted by Monkeys Rawls. Come back for the next episode or go back and listen to the previous ones if you haven't done so.